I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. On Wednesday, Chancellor Jeremy Hunt delivered the Autumn Statement to the Commons, setting forth changes to tax and spending. This included announcing the biggest tax cuts since 1988. But, is all as it seems? Are we actually going to be better off? Who better to answer our questions than friend of the podcast and economist extraordinaire, Torsten Bell? In this discussion, he told Ollie why he called the statement silly, why the government's actually in the business of tax rises, and why, in spite of this, public services won't get better. Enjoy. Am I tough enough? Strong and stable leadership. Total rhubarb. Hell yes, I'm tough enough. Shut the fridge. Not another one! It's the Politics Show Pubcast. Torsten Bell, hello, how are you? I am very well. Very well. I moved house this weekend. Congratulations. It's been a busy week. And have you had any sleep? I've had an hour's sleep last night. Very good. more than you could ask for when you've got a big... Uh, Treasury announcement going on. Absolutely. Um, For those... Well, first of all, welcome back to Politics Show. Always lovely to be back. Very glad to have you here. Um, For those... Unfamiliar with yourself, you don't know who you are. Tell us who you are in your own words. Uh, I'm Torsten Bell. I'm the chief executive of the Resolution Foundation. We're a research charity focused on how to raise the living standards of households on low and middle incomes. Brilliant. Uh, We're talking because the autumn statement came yesterday. For those who are watching on a few more days down the road, we'll say it's Wednesday. Um, Top lines, what were your takeaways after Jeremy Hunt finished speaking? Well, the big deal is the Chancellor announcing what is quite a hefty package of tax cuts, the biggest tax cuts announced since... Um, 1988, we're not counting Liz Truss's ones because they got announced but didn't happen because <laughs> she was chopped before they got the chance, so they're gone. But apart, leaving that aside, biggest tax cut since 1988, but it's obviously in the context of lots of other things going on. So even though people are being told they're getting tax cuts, they may well not be feeling like that right now. So let's interrogate that then. I mean, taxes are being cut. That you know, There's that 2p, 2p off national insurance. That's happening, right? Well, taxes were cut yesterday, Yeah, or, or taxes were cut in the autumn statement, if people are listening, not uh, on uh, the day we're recording this. So, yeah, taxes have been cut. As I say, they're quite substantial. 2p off uh, the basic rate of national insurance, quite big cuts for corporates that are investing, big corporates that are investing. But those add up to about 20 billion. 
but they're small relative to the much bigger tax rises that have already been announced since the 2019 election. Those add up to about 90 billion. So 20 billion cut, having raised them by about 90 billion overall. So Britain's still in a tax rising phase, even though you've got some taxes coming down. And a phrase that often gets bandied around to describe some of these tax rises is fiscal drag. Can you, for someone who doesn't know what that means, explain what it means? Right, so there's a a number of bits going on about why are taxes going up a lot. So you've got government announcing actual tax rises, so saying, I'm going to put up your tax. um, You've then got, and this is particularly happening now more than we expected, other and previously announced tax rises, which were put in place by freezing all the thresholds in the tax system. So the point to which you either start paying tax at all, or the point to which you start paying higher rates of tax. And those have been frozen. They're not just been frozen for one year. They've been frozen for six years. We're now partly way through that phase. But they were frozen in an area where we thought inflation looked like it was about 2% a year. And normally, remember, these thresholds go up in line with inflation. So that when we say frozen, we just mean staying where they are in cash terms, not rising with inflation like normal. We thought that was a small deal. Mm. Like we're freezing them, but we would, they would have only gone up by about 2% a year. Turns out, as we've all learned, inflation is a thing. Biggest inflation shock for four decades. That means these freezes have turned out from being a small thing into an absolutely humongous thing. Mm. About £45 billion worth of tax rises just from those freezes to income tax and national insurance thresholds. They so when inflation got bigger, the amount they raised got larger. And that's mainly what people mean when they're talking about fiscal drag in the context of decisions taken by the Chancellor. Mm. But that isn't the only kind of fiscal drag um, going on. Just normal earnings growth, uh, which normally outpaces inflation. Not right now. I know everyone watching will be thinking, not for me, Gov. But generally outpaces it. That also causes fiscal drag. There's another thing which isn't called fiscal drag, but is boosting the tax revenues of the Chancellor, which is why he's got the space to make the tax cuts he's announced this week. And that's that overall, just inflation is higher, right? Wage growth, and again, don't shout, I know people won't feel like this, but nominal wage growth, the actual percentage wage increases we can see happening for workers, are slightly bigger than expected. We're actually quite a bit bigger than expected. So we've got higher inflation and higher nominal wage growth. Overall, no one's better off, Mm -hmm. right? So I'm not saying this is happy days. Um, Far from it, as we'll probably come on to. But the... um, but, the, but we're seeing higher nominal wage growth, and that means that actually all tax receipts are coming in stronger. So it's not just income tax and national insurance. We're seeing it in VAT, and we're seeing it in um, corporation tax mm. as well. So tax receipts coming in more strongly than we previously were expecting, because of partly because of fiscal drag, partly because of decisions taken by the Chancellor, and partly just because inflation and earnings growth are higher than we expected. And so if we're saying those tax thresholds are frozen, and we're getting relatively high nominal wage growth... We must be talking about millions of people entering into these tax brackets and and contributing in a way that wasn't happening before. Yeah, so we have got more people over the last few years coming in and starting to pay income tax. Um, And remember, we should be a bit careful, we should never say bringing people into paying tax because everybody pays some tax. Even if you pay no income tax and national insurance, maybe because you earn under £10,000, you'll still be paying VAT, you'll still be paying fuel duty, you'll still be paying all the rest. So people are still contributing, but they may not be paying income taxes. Mm. um, So more people are paying income taxes because of the exact dynamic you're mentioning. All I would say is I I would think of that as a... I know David Cameron's been like rehired, (laughs) but I would think of that as just undoing one of the big things that David Cameron did. So David Cameron spent all of the 2010 to 2016 when he brexited himself Mm. right out. He spent that increasing the personal allowance, the amount you could earn before you pay tax, and boasting about big reductions in the number of people who paid tax. And basically what we've just spent the last few years is just unravelling that. So basically we're more or less ending back where we started. There are some differences, 
more pensioners are paying income tax now because they used to have a higher personal allowance. So we've got more pensioners paying income tax. Overall, though, we've not got loads more paying tax than we're paying it in 2010 as a share of the um, workforce, which I have heard some people say, but that's because they, they can't cope with history that goes back more than like three years. <laughs> looking at the like 15 years as a whole, we're basically back where we started. What has changed is more people paying higher rates of tax. Right. So there's more people paying the 40p rate of income tax than there were back in 2010. So that's a real effect mm. because when David Cameron was doing his like Nick Clegg love-in by raising the personal allowance, he didn't always raise the high rate threshold, which is the point at which you start paying, this is mm. getting a bit techy, start paying the 40p rate. And so and that threshold has been frozen now. So you have got more people paying higher rate tax. The, um, that's what happens when a country gets poorer. Great. Um, as with any fiscal event, Torsten, I generally, to try and make sense of it, turn to your Twitter account, and I would encourage any of those watching to, to follow you if they do are want to make sense Are you saying some people are not already doing that? Yeah, I think there might be some. What? <laughs> what have the comms team, been, the comms team been doing all week? Nothing. Um, but you tweeted yesterday, this was one of, one of my favourite ones, there are many. The autumn statement is basically silly in big picture fiscal terms. Brackets, pretending taxes are being cut, pencilling in mad spending cuts. Can you elaborate on what you mean by that? Well, so just to be, there are, I want to say before I come on to why it is silly or worse um, in big picture terms, that there are individual bits of what got announced. So there are the individual measures which are not silly. Mm. Like if you're going to cut taxes, the cut tax cuts we got weren't terrible. Um, there's some really important changes for in the benefit system for renters, the, um, which relink how much support you get in the benefit system for paying your rent if you're on a low income to the actual levels of rent in your area. That's a really big deal, especially in some places that have seen fast rent rises. Mm. And people, I know people will have felt that. They, um, so there's, there are good, sensible things. But on the big picture choice, there's two things that are silly or worse. So the first is saying that you're in the business of cutting taxes when taxes are massively going up. Massively. So it's like we're, this is a huge tax rising phase going on in Britain, and it's just slightly less huge uh, because of the tax cuts announced yesterday. So let's put that into context. I said uh, to you earlier, 90 billion of tax cuts announced, tax rises announced already. Yesterday, 20 billion of cuts, so 70 billion roughly. Um, another way of putting that is if we look at how large taxes are as a share of the GDP, share of the economy, people sometimes call that the tax burden if they don't like taxes, or if you're a massive lefty, you call it the ability to contribute burden. <laughs> uh, the, uh, so you can choose whatever you want, but let's just like... Whatever you want to call it, yeah. share of taxes in the economy are up by about 4.5% of GDP between 2019 and um, the end of this decade. Right, It's a huge rise. Like Even like people who loved a good tax rise, right, like Gordon Brown never got near mm. that scale of tax rises. We are talking about £4,300 per household, the equivalent of. doesn't mean everyone's individual tax is going up because corporation tax makes up part of that, but it's a big set of tax rises. Now... That's what I mean by it's silly. It's silly pretending you're in a tax cutting business when you're, a when you're in a tax raising business. Also because it means people get confused about why. Mm. So I hear, so sometimes I hear Tory MPs being like, who don't like the taxes going up. And I understand that. That's a perfectly reasonable political position. Most people don't love higher taxes for their own sake unless they're kind of in the self-flagellation uh, business or they really hate someone else. They want their taxes up, I suppose. Um, but... I, too often, I think some of those Tory MPs think taxes have gone up because Jeremy Hunt is just a massive commie. Mm. 
and he's not yeah. a massive commie because he's the Conservative Chancellor. Stop, stop. Get out of the front page news, everywhere. News. He's not a massive commie. I don't think he's even a little bit of a commie, but uh, yeah. you should ask him when you next have him on. Um, so the question is, why are taxes going up? And broadly, they're going up for three, but two big reasons. The first one is that the debt interest bill the government pays is just up a lot, mm. a lot. So... And that partly because we've got higher levels of debt, but it's mainly because interest rates have gone up. And that's feeding through very quickly to the public finances, nearly as painfully for the Chancellor as anybody watching who's just remortgaged. Do you remortgage a house next year? What's the average increase in your mortgage bill per year? Have you got a mortgage? Uh, I do, yeah. Are you remortgaging next year? Absolutely not. Okay, well, that's the right answer for you. <laughs> if you were remortgaging, yeah. uh, and obviously you'll be sympathetic to your mates that are because they Absolutely. won't speak to you again, the average is 3 k the average increase in your mortgage is 3k. If you live in London, like Jesus. the dirty metropolitan elite allegedly do, that we both are. I speak for yourself. <laughs> I am salt of the earth. Yeah. Just, just because. Look at you and your t-shirt. I know. Look, I'm, man, the time, I'm man. man of the people. <laughs> right, shut up. Anyway, the point is, it's 5k in London. Okay, so that, that, that's huge. But, but that's it? about the punters. On the government, it has a similar effect. Big increase in the debt interest bill. The um, that's about two percent of GDP extra spending. Mm. So if you want to know why your taxes are up. But your public services aren't getting better. It's because it's going on spending, paying for your debt interest uh, bill, which is why, by the way, another reason why you shouldn't need to be a right-wing fascist to care about the level of public debt. Mm. The, um, you shouldn't fetishise it either. Yeah, and other, it matters in lots of other things like saving the planet. But the people that tell you, "Oh, it doesn't matter at all," I read some like hippie conspiracy theory on the internet that says money's all like blah. Right, that is as dangerous. It's just ones and zeros, man. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of that around. As soon as anyone starts waving a money book they've read at me, mm-hmm. I know I'm in for a like deeply dark phase. But so those people are also talking nonsense. It does matter. Okay, and you're about you're seeing right now mm. why it um, matters. So debt interest is up. The um, spending on social security benefits for older population, which is growing, and a sicker population, unfortunately, because we're getting sicker, is also doing a lot of the damage. So again, taxes up to pay for that, doesn't get you better public services, just deals with those problems mm. emerging. So that's why taxes are up. The, um, uh, and understanding that and then saying, what are your choices you're making around that is really what adult policy making looks like. That's the first reason it's silly. Second reason it's silly is because the Chancellor is pretending the economy's not got any better, right? We've just seen higher inflation. The size of the economy, the real size of the economy, how much we produce hasn't changed in these forecasts really at all. Like I care about the difference, but it's like a rounding error. And these forecasts are five years out and none of us have got a clue. So, mm. so basically it's the same. It's a complete wash. What's changed is a much higher level of inflation. As I explained, that's giving you these higher tax revenues coming in mm. across all the tax bases. What the Chancellor has done is say... Right. That means I've got an improvement to the public finances because I've got these more tax revenues coming in because of the high inflation. Um, that's good news. The problem with that is that it's bollocks because the only reason it's good news is because of what I would call a fiscal fiction. The idea that you can have inflation that pushes up your tax revenues but doesn't push up your public service spending. So even though public sector wages go up and even though the prices of like turning on the energy in the schools have gone up, you don't so you say, I'm going to pretend that public spending doesn't increase. Mm. Um, now, that won't be true in the long run. The, um, and so what we've done is to pretend we can hold down public spending, use that money um, to pay for a load of tax cuts, which is what's been announced, some mm. good news. But in the end, 
we will either need to completely savage public services to deal with that, which, which won't be doable. Yeah. Like, this is not like 2010. Not you're much not, to give. Yeah, you're not, you're not cutting public services. I mean, if anyone that's met a British public service recently is not thinking, my God, there's a lot of fat on the bone yeah. uh, here. I'd like to have a munch, are they? They're thinking, like, I've got to get out of here. This, we're talking emaciated. Yeah. Um, so we definitely, so I think we are kidding ourselves if we think those cuts can actually happen. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Not another one? It's the Politics Show podcast. Can we interrogate that um, fiction a little bit? And I, I also say, I wouldn't say, it's not just the Chancellor, I think, who's engaging in this because, you know, yeah, you can say, right, stagnation is being dressed up as stability, the fact that we're giving these tax cuts and, actu- and actually uh, the, 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 the spending in real terms is staying the same. So there's these huge cuts on the line, but we're just going to dress it up as tax cuts. But then there's that, there's that kind of fiction. But then there's also, in the media at the moment, we're seeing front pages being like, you know, tax burden eased or the sun, which was literally like, I think it was like champagne popping and, you know, let's have a party, uh, which I think was because alcohol duty is frozen, right? What, what is... Why is it that these fictions exist? How are people able to get away with it? Because I'm sat here listening to you, and I think you're being quite direct, quite honest, and quite objective about this. Where's the opinion you think I am? (laughs) Well, I'm not as much of an expert as you. You could be lying to me, mate. (laughs) You could be lying to me. I won't be able to say, well, that's not true, Tolstoy. You you know more about this than I do. I'm kind of just sitting here and nodding along. But, you know, the... Where, where is that objectivity going? And why doesn't it exist in this? Is it, is it a lack of uh, economic literacy in the, kind, in the way that I've just demonstrated? Um, so the first thing, so a lot, I think a lot of people looking at the papers um, on the morning after the autumn statement, yeah, thought this is a bit odd. Um, lots of them are celebrating like really good news. Mm. Um, whereas back in the real world, the tax take is going to the highest level in 80 years. So it's not like most people don't think that's happy days. Um, for the reasons I've outlined, yep. so the um, so I think that is there's a, so there's a nugget of truth in both positions. So if you took the Financial Times head pay, headline, they say like tax burden up, already scary, right? Mm. So that's nearer the that's nearer the truth in big picture terms. Uh, the other papers are saying the tax burden has been eased, right? That's what the Telegraph, the Times, and the versions of the Sun are saying now. They're both true at a simple level. So like the tax burden has been eased if you just look at the tax cuts announced on the day. And the tax burden is going up despite those ones. And so the Financial Times is also right. Now, the question is, which of those is more important? Mm. And obviously the answer is 
the big picture is what matters because as always in life understanding what's actually going on under the under the bonnet about in your country or your economy is like what we should all be trying to do because otherwise you haven't really got a clue and otherwise you get surprised because you you wrote that you wrote the article for the sun being like happy days and then two things happen one the punters are like are you off your rocker uh. which they will like the sun when others will definitely be getting like readers being like like they already think what are politicians of all parties talking about when they say they've got things better and they'll be thinking why does my newspaper mm. kind of lost the plot? They, um, but secondly, they'll, fi- they'll find it awkward because at some point they'll have to write pieces about how it's a disgrace that a Tory government is raising taxes to the... And they've just said, well, you just said, it, you just said the tax burden's coming down. Yeah. And you're going to write an editorial in two weeks being like, the tax burden's hit at 80-year mm. high. So there's like a kind of mm, dissonance that journalists will have to yeah. wrestle with. But I mean, I, I wouldn't get too upset. I mean... It's the newspaper yeah. for a day. Let's not like the country's got bigger problems than like was the Sun front page one hundred percent accurate, um, or was it like true to the truth, the underlying uh-huh. truth of the economy? Yeah, and also I've heard rumours that sometimes papers take into account their political preferences. No. I, I know this is hard. Who told you that? I don't know. Someone, <laughs> someone wants a long part. Someone, I whispered it somewhere. But like, so it's obviously not. It can't be true. But so I would chillax a little bit yeah. about some of that because in the end. The British public are not stupid, mm. and they know that taxes are doing this, not this. Um, and then you can have a reasonable debate about the individual policy measures and whether that particular tax cut's a good idea or not, but the big picture, which is taxes are up. What I think people don't quite get is why. So I think Go people on. more think taxes are up because, and I think politicians say this all the time, Labour Party say it as well, they think it's like the pandemic, we're paying back for the pandemic. Sometimes some people on the right talk as if it's some kind of like divine retribution for like a lack of kind of rigour during the pandemic. If only we hadn't done lockdowns, we'd all got COVID more. Um, uh, No one had got any furlough payments. Then taxes wouldn't be up as if interest rates wouldn't still be up. Um, uh, But everyone's got the different stories. So I think the bigger challenge is I think people recognising it is basically, as I said, debt interest has got more expensive. You can hope that goes away. I hope interest rates don't stay at five and core percent as a person with a mortgage, mm. uh, but also as someone wanting a country able to invest in its public services, and that requires debt interest to come down. And also, I'd hope at some point we stop our country getting so sick and have a functioning NHS and manage to actually treat people who've got mental ill health. So dealing with the underlying cause would help bring down spending on those areas. But until that happens, unless you recognise that's the cause, you don't get on with answering it. Mm-hmm. And to be fair to Jeremy Hunt on the mental ill health side, he did have some good announcements. He did talk about a greater availability of talking therapies, which we know from studies, but also most of our lives from friends that have used it can make a difference. To cert- not, I don't, not obviously at the extreme end of you know very severe mental ill health, but other things can make a big difference. Uh, what else were you pleased to see announced? Uh, as I said, I think there is, you know, in terms of a thing that makes a big difference in the short-term pre-election, there is a pre-election giveaway that isn't on the tax side, but is on... Uh, the benefit side for on rents that will make a big difference if you're renting on low income in, say, central South London or Bristol or uh, what I think is technically called Inner Greater Manchester. So it's not Manchester, but it's not Greater Manchester, it's Inner Greater yeah, Manchester. Yeah, of course, naturally, yeah. Uh, don't get offended, Salford people. <laughs> I didn't label it. Talk to the DWP. <laughs> but like there you see quite, that'll make a big difference. That's like 40 quid a week in, in Inner Greater Manchester, 50 quid a week in Streatham and in mm. South London. So these are big amounts that make a big difference to people. You want other things to be perky about um, the increase, the cut to um, 
corporate taxes to encourage investment is generally a pretty, it's not like the absolute ideal way I'd have designed it, but it's a pretty good way mm. of doing it. It's definitely more sensible than what we had before. In the long run, I think it probably have an even bigger effect on growth than the official forecasts show, which is about, they say, 0.2% on GDP. Could be more than that. They, um, so I think that's a very welcome uh, step. It's not a cheap one, that 10 billion quid by the back end of this period, but the long run effect is much cheaper mm. uh, than that. If you want to be perky about the cuts to national insurance, so if you're going to cut, given they were talking about cutting inheritance tax or income tax, cutting national insurance is much more sensible. Mm-hmm. Um, given that our tax system overall basically pillages young workers, remember national insurance only paid by people earning, yep. so you don't pay it if you're a landlord. Mm-hmm. person paying the rent is paying it on their earnings, but the person getting paid the rent doesn't pay national insurance on their uh, rental income. That's bonkers, obviously. Then you stop paying it once you hit state pension age. So if I'm working and I'm loaded at 70, I pay less tax than someone who's working probably on a lower wage when they're 30. Mm -hmm. That's mad. So reducing national insurance rather than income tax is a very sensible thing to do. That makes the system a bit fairer towards younger people, makes it a bit fairer towards people who earn rather than people who have capital income. Um, Even if you look at how they've done it, it also discourages people being self-employed to pay lower tax. I know the self-employed always feel like they have it really hard, but the tax system is basically a massive jolly mm. for being self-employed. Are you self-employed? No, I'm salaried here. You're salaried here. Well, you would be much better off financially being self-employed generally. It could be illegal, so don't do it. IR35? Yeah, well, I've, I've not, let's not get into that. Um, <laughs> we've, lo- we've lost the entire world at R35. Yeah. Uh, the, um, but, um, but You've blown my mind during this, Torsten. You're telling me the, the newspapers are politically motivated, yeah. and if I was self-employed, I could fiddle my tax. This is, bl- this is good about, stuff. I forgot about the dodgy media industries. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, right, fine. But most of the world is not doing that. Anyway, but, but one of the ways in which he's done this thing, so it's a 2p cut for employees, mm. national insurance. For the self-employed, it's a 1p cut but then a removal of what's called Class 2 national insurance, which is a flat rate of national insurance each week, however much you earn, right? Now, um, the combination of that means that if you're a higher earner, you are you get a bigger tax cut if you're an employee than if you're self-employed, without getting into the maths, but that's like... And it's quite a big deal. It's like, you know, it's a few hundred quid. The, um, that is a very good thing because it loads of... It's not just the yuppies in the media industry. IT professionals, accountants, solicitors, lots of people are self-employed, paying a lower rate of tax than they would if they were an employee. That is bad for the taxpayer. Mm. In lots of ways, it's bad for them on occasion. So reducing the incentive to be self-employed for high earners is a good thing. I know they're not everyone like that, but if we're just stepping back and saying, like, how are we going to fund a welfare state? Yeah. How are we going to have a... F- like, fairness on tax does just matter in terms of people's faith in the system. Of course it does. So, um, so I think that's a good thing. So there's a good list of... Nice. Uh, some slightly techie... Um, but worthy things. I think that is uh, that's one of the weird paradoxes of this. What's happened, which is, as you said earlier, we've got like a slightly silly pre-election giveaway while pretending you can cut public services to pay for the giveaways after the election. Yeah, fiscal event. Right, that's the big headline. But usually, when you do that, you go for the like really crowd pleasing tax cuts, right? Mm-hmm. So you like your George Osborne promising inheritance tax cuts before the twenty ten election, or your um, Gordon Brown cutting uh, the basic rate of income tax in 2007. Mm. Right, so you go for the, those ones. The, um, that's not what the Chancellor's got done. He's gone for the national insurance. Remember, this is the first national insurance cut since 1985. Because mm. the pattern of politicians is to cut 
income tax while raising national insurance because if you just ask people in polls, they prefer national insurance rise because it sounds like you're going to do something good and help the NHS with it, right? Mm. It's just income tax, guys. <laughs> there, I know you all keep answering the polls, but I promise you it's just an income tax. It's not funding the NHS. It's not paying for your pension. It's mm. just income tax, but, but only paid by earners. Mm. So this stupid habit of cutting income tax but raising national insurance is really problematic. So mm. he's done the opposite of that. Uh, which isn't what you would generally do if you were just doing the politics. So it's, you've got basically Rishi Sunak, I think, understandably, as the Prime Minister, trying to win an election. And then you've got Jeremy Hunt being like, OK, but I'm also the worthy guy that took over from Bonkers List Trust. Yeah. So I've got to take the sensible decisions. Yeah. And, mm. it, and so you've ended up with this, like, slightly odd, like, mismatch. But, you know, life's complicated, isn't it? So, so can announcements be. Always. Um, what did we learn about living standards? Um, well, it's going very well, as we all know, uh, in our lives. Anyone that's been to the shop knows it's going tip-top, of course, right now. So what the first thing to say is there's some good news, which is the Office for Budget Responsibility saying, look, things last year, or this year, really, 2023, weren't quite as shit as we were basically expecting. Now, why not? Basically because they underestimated how much extra savings income that I know this is going to be like we're we're not young, but like early middle aged. So like people younger than us, right? Obviously, I haven't got any savings mm. before everyone starts whinging. I know that, but I've got some bad news for you, which is some old people do have a lot of savings, yeah. and some rich people. So those people are seeing really big increases in their savings because the interest rates have fed through into higher savings income from mm. the bank accounts and stuff quicker actually than they pull increase people's mortgages. So actually, things weren't as bad as we expected in the last nine months, say. Unfortunately, that's mainly pain delayed. So what the what the forecasts are saying is income is actually falling next year during an election year for the first time since the 70s. Like if you want if you want if you want a, a chart that would really traumatize Tory MPs, look at the forecast for household incomes. Like in general, people prefer to vote for the government when their incomes are going up, not down. Mm. That is not what next year is likely to look like. They, um, that's not all their fault, but that is where we are. They can then step back and say, what about the parliament as a whole? So, like, Boris Johnson wins in 2019, and famously, Ronald Reagan and others says elections are about, do you feel better off now than you did four years ago? And everyone keeps saying four years, even though we're not American. So, mm. five years ago for us. They, um, now, on these forecasts, they are saying for the first time on record, people will go into the next election worse off than they came out of the last one. So, five years' worth of pain, actually lower incomes for the first time, as I say, on record, it's a 3.5% drop in income. You want to put that in money terms, which you probably do because you're not a weirdo that carries around like average income levels in your head, Please. I think. Uh, we're talking just under £2,000 for every household. So like a lot of cash. That is a lot of cash. That's a lot of cash. So that is... Now, again, that's probably not surprising for anyone. That's like a forecast and a set of spreadsheets telling us what most of us know in our life. But it is worth remembering it's really unusual. Yeah. If you want further trauma, which Please, I know is the, absence, is the other absence in your life, let's look at wages, not incomes, right? So mm. just how much we earn. So on these forecasts, average wages don't get back to their 2008 level, remember when the banks were going bust, until 2028. So it's an entire two decades of lost wage growth. Remember, we used to think like three years or whatever was impossible without wage growth. It would have been 20 years. That is what a country getting poorer looks like. That is what we actually ultimately need to get on with sorting out. Absolutely. Dare I call it a stagnation nation? I've heard rumours of this. Something like that, Torsten. Um, okay, let's uh, finally we'll talk about the politics. So, to what extent should we interpret 
this as a political trap for the Labour Party because, on the one hand, they diverge from the sort of the, the, the economic consensus or view that the Tories are espousing, at which point they can be hit over the head with a stick that says £28 billion a year on green stuff, you're, gonna, you're profligate, you're going to splash the cash, yada, yada, yada. Alternatively, they don't do that. They stay the course. They either you know, adhere to the same fiscal rules. There's not a great degree of divergence. And all of the things that we've just mentioned, whether it's public services that have nothing left to give, whether it's declining living standards, declining incomes, people are crying out for some degree of difference. And that it's kind of a catch-22, isn't it, for an incoming Labour government, whichever way they go, either right now in this moment before an election campaign, or once they actually get into power, which is the way it would appear it's going to go. This, it's not, a, it's not a, a, a good choice, an easy choice, any kind of choice, really, for them. I don't know what your interpretation of the politics of this is. Um, so the first thing I don't quite agree with, so I, a few people said that to me yesterday. So Andrew Marr said on LBC yes. to me, um, he said, oh, this is them saying a trap for mm-hmm. the Labour Party. I think that is giving everyone too much credit. Um, nice. The reason we're cutting, the reason that the, the, the Chancellor is cutting public spending to fund, is to fund these tax cuts. Mm. He's not doing it because he really cares about what happens to Rachel Reeves in 2025. He's doing it because this week he needs to announce some tax cuts because there may well be an election uh, within six or months or a year. And so that's what needs to give to make those tax cuts possible. That's actually what is going on. Now, is it a happy coincidence that does also make Rachel Roy's life more difficult if she happens to win the next election? I don't know. He's not sad about that, I doubt. <laughs> um, but I don't think that's the reason he's doing it. And if you asked, if you really asked Jeremy Hunt in private, I suspect, obviously I would never do this, but I suspect he doesn't think it's particularly sensible having penciled in really big cuts, for example, to investment. Like we say, it's a stagnation nation. We need to get the economy growing. What are we doing? Slashing public investment. That is like a grade one stupid thing to do when you need to get this economy growing. So the, um, so I don't think he thinks that's very sensible. Um, so I would less focus on the like gameplay, is it a trap? The underlying thing that matters is what it's telling you, which is that governing in Britain in a higher interest rate world with a sicker population, with fragmented politics um, and collapsing public services is really hard. And I'm afraid it is. And that's not a trap. That's called if you want to govern, then you better face up to that is what it's about. And then you need to get serious about sorting out the economy and the tough choices that mean that that you can start to rescue public services, ideally make the public finances slightly more sustainable than they are at present, not in a panicky kind of way, but over time. So yeah, it's it's tough. But as I say, I, I would step back and say, yes, they're going to have a political row. There's going to be a load of political chat about, okay, at this election, is there really any difference between the parties? And the answer on paper is going to be some in terms of green investment, and then not much on public services and tax, probably. Like, mm. that's where we're going to be. Um, the structure of British politics takes you there for an election campaign. I think that's the less interesting question. The interesting question is more, what's the governing question? And the governing question is, what do you do to deal with that inheritance, which is about the substance, it's not about the politics particularly. Like, mm. why are Rishi Sunak and Jeremy Hunt raising taxes, despite both coming into politics to cut taxes? Because of the substance. Why will a Labour government have to wrestle with that unless they get lucky on debt interest for exactly the same reasons? They, um, and then you do make political choices. And I, in history, I think, basically says the political choices that people take in government may often be bigger, the differences may be bigger than you think when you hear. You know, everyone says, oh, they're all the same. I basically think that's not that's not true. Like, you know, 2015, you wouldn't have had a Brexit referendum, whether you think that's or not. You know, if you had it, 
if we'd uh, referendum had gone the other way in uh, in 2016, you know, elections do uh, matter in terms of outcomes. Whatever you think about those two things, if you really wanted Brexit, it really mattered whether it happened yeah. or not. So elections do matter. Similarly, if you wanted a Brexit referendum, then voting for the Conservative Party in 2015 was the right thing to uh, do. Even in 2019, you know, in the end, the British public did want the debate about Brexit done. Right, that's the underlying truth. They got it. They did. Elections matter. Torsten Bell, thank you so much for coming in. Not at all. I'm going to have a nap. You deserve it. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.